0: time. promise that we live okay (laughs) it is yours truly tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast and thank you very much for checking out the state of the saints podcast i really do appreciate it thank you all uh for tuning in on this edition we're going to be talking about some of the top three or uh, some of the best new orleans saints so far okay it's been five games Uh, that the New Orleans Saints have played here in the 2020 season. And they have been some guys that have stood out. Okay, I mean, despite the offense sputtering a little bit, the defense, we all know about that. But there are some guys that kind of uh, been stepping it up and doing a really good job. We're going to be talking about them. But I want to say thank you very much for spending your Friday night with yours truly thank you so much for that okay I want to give a special shout out to everybody in the chat and if this is your first time checking out the State of the Saints podcast hopefully it will not be your last all right but five games once again have been played and the New Orleans Saints have got some guys that have really been stepping it up all right they've really been stepping up they have really been doing their thing and I think you know in a process I think we need to acknowledge those guys because, you know, we, we acknowledge guys when they're not doing a good job, right? We we know the guys that are not stepping up. We know the guys that are not doing such a good job. And, you know, we talk about those people ad nauseum. But it's time for us to start congratulating some of these guys that have really helped this team uh, be uh, the number one team in the NFC South right now. So for, I want to give a special shout out to everybody in the chat uh special shout out to tyra uh your boy jay candace uh mr pop street thousand uh chemo mike uh thank you all jared poor man thank y'all so much for being a part of the state of the saints podcast and uh you know I, i really do appreciate it but the top three these are my top three and feel free um if you have a top three that you have and maybe i didn't mention one of those players names uh, feel free to uh, put it in the comments uh, feel free i mean this isn't just uh you know my show this is your show as well so uh my top three i have to start it off number three uh is a person that you know a lot of people don't look at they don't give the credit to these uh particular guys all the time but i, I really feel like this guy has really been stepping it up and has really done an outstanding job and that's will lutz man Will Lutz, like, I know we don't like to give credit to kickers because we're like, oh, you know what I'm saying? People like kickers are not a real position. You know what I'm saying? They really don't contribute a lot. But Will Lutz is one of the best, if not the best, field goal kickers in the NFL right now. And I think that us beating the Chargers had a lot to do with Will Lutz and his ability to kick the ball between the uprights. Um, I'm a huge fan of Will Lutz. Will Lutz has done some outstanding things uh, in a New Orleans Saints uniform, and uh, I think it's about time for us to give this guy some credit. Uh, He was awarded the NFC Special Team Player of the Week, so congratulations to him with that. And I think that we're extremely lucky that we have Will Lutz on this team. I mean, Will Lutz has made some clutch kicks. Uh, you know, we all know about his 58 uh, yard field goal that he kicked against the Houston Texans. Uh, we know about uh the field goal that he kicked in overtime against the Chargers in order to give the Saints to go ahead and lead in order for them to seal the deal. So Will Lust to me is my number three New Orleans Saints so far after five weeks. Uh coming in at number two is a guy that I have a lot of respect for. Um uh, I'm ready to lay it all on the line for and And jump out of the window because I'm extremely excited about him and that Trey Hendrickson man now at the beginning of the season I was having a debate with someone uh that was on social media and I was talking about Trey Hendrickson and this person would not believe that Trey Hendrickson was that good okay I I said that it was going to be virtually impossible for the Saints to be able to keep Trey Hendrickson because he is going to be a starter on someone else's team And this guy thought it was the funniest thing in the world because it was like, oh, man, Trey Hendrickson, he ain't going to do nothing. He ain't nobody, this, that, and the third. So I tried to explain to this guy how good Trey Hendrickson was and how lucky the New Orleans Saints were to grab this guy, uh, you know, from Florida Atlantic. If Trey Hendrickson didn't have any off the field issues at Florida Atlantic, he would have been a first round or second round pick coming out of Florida Atlantic. The fact that he fell into the lap of the New Orleans Saints, well, they're pretty lucky to have him, all right? And right now, he leads the team in sacks with four and a half, and I don't see any sign of letting it up. I mean, most teams go into uh, the game and try to, to double-team Cam Jordan. So in a process, in a process, Ch- uh, Trey Hendrickson, all he has to do is win his one-on-one matchup, and he has been doing so. The You know, the same one-on-one matchup that I expected somebody like <laughs> I don't know Jadavian Clowney to have or, or win when he was in a Houston, Texas uniform because he had J.J. White on the opposite side. and He never got double-digit sacks, and all the people out there were upset because Jadavian Clowney didn't end up going to the Saints. Well, my question is to you: Is how many sacks do Jadavian Clowney have, and how many sacks Trey Henderson have, right? Trey Hendrickson has four and a half, and Jadavion Clowney has goose egg, zip, zilch, nada. So Trey Hendrickson, to me, is a really good football player. He's a guy that I feel like is going to be uh, one of those Jared Allen type guys. And some of you probably don't know who Jared Allen is, but y'all know he he is, is the highlight of his career is when he played for the Minnesota Vikings. I look at Trey Hendrickson in that same regard. I can see Trey Hendrickson having 15 sacks. I can see Trey Hendrickson going to a team that has uh, struggles in the pass rush and going out there being uh, the face of the defense, all right? I'm I'm just being honest with you, all right? Because, like I said, I don't see the Saints keeping this guy. But Trey Hendrickson, to me, is my number two New Orleans Saint who has been doing outstanding jobs so far. And number one, coming in at number one, is a surprise to absolutely – nobody Alvin Kamara excuse me Alvin Kamara is the best right now okay not only is Alvin Kamara the best on the Saints team I feel like Alvin Kamara is the best in the NFL right now okay look I understand that the quarterback is the sexiest position so you're always gonna try to find a way to He's a quarterback in there somewhere. You're going to talk about Russell Wilson, who I like a lot, and he deserves all the credit in the world. I'm happy that he finally getting the attention that he deserves. But I think that we need to start looking at other positions, you know, like what they used to do back in the late 80s and early 90s. Before everybody started going crazy and guy got goo-goo over quarterback. Alvin Kamara means so much to New Orleans Saints because he does so much for the New Orleans Saints. Not only does he run between the tackles. Yes, he does run between the tackles for all those people that felt like he can't. And not only can he catch the ball out of the backfield, but this guy is running wide receiver routes and catching the ball like his name is Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara said in the all season that he was 73 percent last season. A lot of people raised their eyebrows like the rock at the fact that he said that, but now coming into the season, he's a hundred percent. And I think that we all can give him the benefit of the doubt from last season. And I did not forget. I did not forget about the people in the offseason season that were on the state of the saints podcast that didn't believe what Alvin Kamara was saying. And I yet to see some of those people file into the inbox and file into the comments and apologize to the man because like I said, we were going to have church and every Sunday we seem to have church and nobody seems to show up. Now, I understand it's COVID-19 and with practicing social distancing, and maybe you don't want to come to the congregation or come inside the church because you're afraid that you might catch something. But check this out. We are doing virtual church. So you don't have to worry about being close to absolutely no one. All right. You don't have to be afraid. All you have to do is step into the front of the virtual congregation and say how wrong you were. But of course, people are not going to do that. Okay, they feel like, oh, it happened a while back. Nobody's going to remember what I said. Look, we don't have to hold you accountable. And nobody has to be like some of these other people out here who try to uh, corner celebrities and try to go back in the archives to try to find The most incriminating things about them 10 years ago. We ain't got to do that to you. You can do it for yourself. Okay. You can have that spiritual cleansing. You can have that that change of heart. You can step to the front of the congregation and say, Yes, I admit that I said it and I was wrong. Okay. But Elvin Kamara is the number one New Orleans saint, in my opinion. No doubt about that. All right. So those are my top three uh did i miss anybody who's your top three i would love to hear from you and i'm about to uh open the floor uh to for everybody to uh you know let me know who you got let's see um, i'm seeing names so i'm I'm gonna go back just a tad bit until i don't see any more net na- well i see it okay let me see where we're gonna start at. we're gonna start with toddy here what's going on toddy toddy says kamara davis murray Okay, that's not a bad list right here. Okay, Alvin Kamara, I mean, pretty obvious here. Uh, Demario Davis is one of those guys that is doing a good job as well. I mean, we know that he's a first team all pro and he's playing like it, no doubt about that. And Latavius Murray is a guy who I, I can appreciate because Latavius Murray is one of those guys that, to me, the Who That Nation, not everybody in the Who That Nation has accepted. And it's no fault of him at all. I want people to understand that. I mean, it's the fact that Sean Payton didn't use him. He didn't use him last season. And I think a lot of people are skeptical about Latavius Murray because I guess in the back of their mind, they're wondering, why doesn't Sean Payton use this guy? Why doesn't Sean Payton put him in offense? Maybe he's not good enough. That wasn't the case. And I think it's pretty obvious that that wasn't the case the way he's balling out now uh kim says balling kai says ak41 trey hendrickson and sanders honorable mention trey smith believe it or not uh okay there's nothing wrong with trey smith you know what i'm saying if y'all notice uh on the uh, front of the cover that i decided to use uh on this edition of the state of the saints podcast it is a picture of trey smith look i'm gonna say that i was wrong about trey Quinn smith and i'm happy to say that i was wrong about Traquan Smith and I'm happy that this guy decided to step it up and do things a little bit differently. I'm glad that he's starting to get a little more comfortable in the offense. I'm glad that he's in his primary position, the the position that he played while he was in college that made him, uh, you know, work drafted by the new Orleans saints. So I'm happy for him, man. And I think he's bigger. He's more physical. He's not a, you know, not afraid and uh, I think the last game, even though his number wasn't called, Sean Payton stepped to the podium and, and he talked about how he felt like they didn't call enough plays for him and he felt bad about it. So that goes to tell you right there, it had absolutely nothing to do with Traquan Smith uh, not being able to play or not being open because I think we all can agree. I think we all know this, that uh, Drew Brees is not going to force the ball to anybody. Drew Brees uh, has primary targets for each particular play. Okay, rather it's number twelve, Marquise Callaway. Rather it's number eleven, Deontay Harris. Rather it's number ten, Traquan Smith. Seventeen, Manuel Sanders. uh Thirteen, Michael Thomas. Eighty-seven, Jared Cook. A uh, forty-one, Alvin Kamara. I mean, if if that primary receiver is being covered, he's going to check it down. All right. So I don't think Drew Brees like some of them other quarterbacks out there if a guy has a little bit of separation, he's like the second or third option. Drew Brees is going to throw him the football. Not all the time. Now he might, like it has to be like, this guy's just streaking down the field and ain't nothing in front of him. to sell space and opportunity, which we all know that's not always the case because the way that the Saints offense is structured, guys are kind of just, you know, close in the vicinity and stuff like that. You make your own speculation about why that is, but Traquan Smith didn't have enough plays and he stepped it up this season, man. And I'm proud of him. No doubt about that, man. And I think that we need to give Traquan Smith some credit, man, because we we were so happy to tell, tell other members of the Who That Nation, <clears throat> excuse me, about his shortcomings, right? About all the things that he lacked, about the, the lack of heart, about the lack of targets, about not being open. So let's get that man some credit for actually being the player that we wanted him to be all these years. So he gets my respect, no doubt about that. Chanel says, what up, TJ? What's going on, Chanel? Uh, Justin, what up, man? Uh, We got Casey says, I wish we could get Greg Williams back. Uh, They suspended him indefinitely by the NFL and was quick to let him coach elsewhere. Well, it took a while for him to get back, Casey. Let's not pretend like it didn't. Uh, Greg Williams is a really good defensive coordinator. Uh, I I feel like a lot of teams are afraid to make him a head coach because of all the things that happened. Uh, The fact that you allow someone that was involved in a scandal that could have possibly injured, paralyzed the player, made you know what I'm saying, like seriously, had a player out of the game of football to have him as your face of your uh, franchise, you know what I'm saying, as the head coach. I think a lot of teams are skeptical about that. You got the Cleveland Browns. Uh, had opportunity uh, to make him the head coach they decided not to uh, if you look at the jets right now he's probably the best part of that team his defense because it definitely ain't adam gates with his old no coach himself Uh, i I just think that greg williams is a really good defensive coordinator uh, but i don't see him ever coming back to the new orleans saints Uh, it would have to involve uh, sean payton not being anywhere around Uh, the organization in order for him to come back and not to mention you know all the things that that brought with it I mean it it would just it would just warrant too much scandal uh too much investigating uh too much news press and we all know that the New Orleans Saints you know I know for the last couple weeks they've been in a media cycle and stuff like that because of Michael Thomas but we all know how unconventional that is so uh, as much as I like Greg Williams as a defensive coordinator, I don't feel like it would ever happen, him coaching in any capacity uh, for the New Orleans Saints organization. Wren says Kamara and Sanders, and on defense, Trey Hendrickson is balling out. Yeah, I mean, everybody, I mean, you're the second person, Wren, that I see with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I'll say for the na- last couple weeks, it has been Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, you can tell the chemistry between he And Drew Brees is off the charts right now. Uh, Drew Brees is starting to trust him. And Emmanuel Sanders is giving him reason to. Emmanuel Sanders is catching everything that uh, Drew Brees throws at him. And that's how you get the trust of your quarterback. The fact that he can trust you when he throws the ball to you, you're going to catch it. You're going to come down with it. Now, Emmanuel Sanders would put in some tight spots. I remember one pass in particular, Drew Brees threw over the middle. I mean... And it was between like three defenders and uh, Emmanuel Sanders ended up catching that ball. I mean, he could have easily made a business decision and say, man, I got a guy behind me. I got a guy outside of me. I got a guy in front of me. Now, these guys can tattoo me because I'm only like 170, 180 pounds soaking wet. But he went up and he got it, man. That shows the toughness of Emmanuel Sanders. You know, that's that that's that Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Denver Bronco uh, type player right there. We all know about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I so, mean, you can't be no punk playing in their offense I mean going up against the Ravens uh going up against Vontaze Burfick and the, the Cincinnati Bengals back in the day you know what I'm saying you can do that against the Cleveland Browns because I mean they're good now but we all know the story of that so Emmanuel Sanders is a tough football player and I'm, I'm glad to see he and Drew Brees are on the same page so I'm looking forward to seeing their chemistry develop and seeing what's gonna happen once Michael Thomas comes back Toddy says, happy Friday. TJ, happy Friday to you too, man. Derek, what's going on? We got your boy Jay says, Alvin Kamara, Demario Davis, and Trey Henderson top three right now. It's not a bad list. Trey, AK, and Sanders. That's not a bad list, Kim. I mean, a lot of people said Trey Henderson. Thank everybody pretty much in agreement with Alvin Kamara. Uh, 704 Byron Charlotte says, hope y'all enjoyed that bye week uh, because my Panthers ready for y'all. Man, nobody really care about the Panthers, man. Like, I'm just being honest with you. Uh, They're a good football team. Uh, Not really shocking to me that uh they, they have the record that they have right now. Uh, I think that they're one of those teams that is very underrated. But let's just be serious about this, folks. The same offense that y'all running out there in Carolina, you know what I'm saying? They running in New Orleans, okay? So congratulations to you for taking the Saints offense and actually making yourself legitimate. But... Uh, the 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 imitation is never better than the original okay it, it's not okay you know what they say the 21 laws of power uh the student will never be greater than the teacher you can't come to new orleans and expect to run the same offense that new orleans runs and think that it's going to work it, it's not going to happen man the saints are <laughs> are masters at running the offense that y'all are trying to run all right So there's a reason why here on the State of the Saints podcast, I call the Carolina Panthers New Orleans Saints light, all right? You got New Orleans Saints quarterback. You got some of the New Orleans Saints uh, personnel, the offensive coordinator, former New Orleans Saints personnel guy, all right? And And not to mention you got little sprinkles of New Orleans Saints all over that team. So let's slow your roll right there. I understand Robbie Anderson is acting like acting a fool and DJ Moore is living up to his potential and Curtis Sanger is doing his thing. And I know there's a lot of excitement because they're doing it without Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis is doing a good job. But come on, man. we ready. No doubt about that. We're ready. And not to mention, y'all still have a lot of young players on that team. So don't think that Drew Brees, just like he did with the Chargers, won't carve up that young secondary. So. Look, good luck. And I, I don't have anything against Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I, I, I'm glad that Teddy Bridgewater is getting success, but we're not scared of y'all, man. We're we're definitely not. Like I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like you look at like the Tampa fans that then came through the spot, they they come on here and they talk about how we run the South and, and how everybody in the South and the NFL scared of them, only for them to get beat down by the uh Chicago Bears. Uh come on, man. Like I said, the the uh, the imitation will never be greater than the original. I'm glad O-line and Breeze are on the same page. Yeah, I mean, offensive line has been really good this season. I mean, you have to admit. I mean, there's, last, last season around this time, man, I mean, it was like holding calls left and right. They're a little bit more disciplined this season, and not to mention on the running game. The running uh, offensive blocking has been outstanding. Uh, so I, I'm glad that they're on the same page. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to say it, man. I feel like Nick Easton at this time is better than Andrews Pete. And you can put your own little spin on it as to why that can happen. Maybe it's because Andrews Pete is still dealing with injury. And Nick Easton is a little bit more healthy. Uh, but I don't know, man. That's a good offensive line the Saints have. No doubt about that. Sanders is a solid vet. We're going to need him down the stretch. Who they? Yeah, we definitely are. My top three uh, Saints this season is Sanders, Kamara, and Hendrickson. Uh, Jerry, that's, that's about the same as everybody else, man. I mean, I'm seeing Sanders. I'm seeing Davis. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, I'm seeing two of the same people, Hendrickson and Kamara, and it might be a different person when it comes to a third. But, I mean, I think we're all in agreement. Trey Hendrickson and Alvin Kamara has been outstanding. But I'm going to show respect to Will Lutz, man. That's my guy. I'm confident the offense is going to only get better and we move forward. Like the rookie uh, Callaway, he looked pretty good this past week. Yeah, man, Marquaz Callaway did a really good job filling in for Deontay Harris, who y'all see behind me on the screen, guy that I got a lot of respect for as well. Uh, Marquaz Callaway, uh, it seems like uh, the Saints really want him to uh, be a part of the offense. I mean, I mean, he was running the ball back on special teams. And his, his number was called a couple of times. I think he had about three or four catches for about 34 yards. So uh, it's not real big numbers or anything like that. But the fact that he was actually targeted in the game, and we all know, if your name isn't Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, you can easily get lost in his offense. I mean, how many times we seen Chris Sean Hogan playing a game, don't get no targets. How many times we seen Lil Jordan Humphreys playing a game? And don't get no targets. How I many times we've seen Austin Carr playing a game and don't get any targets? So the fact that he's actually being targeted at in any at any time of the game really shows that they have high expectations for this guy. Ren says we have one of the worst secondaries in the league. Our front seven holding it down, but the back end scares me. We don't have one. We have the worst. I will say that we have the worst secondary in football. I, I don't, I don't mind saying that. I say it to anybody. I will go up against anybody to debate that. There is no team that I feel like uh, that offenses can get the ball down the field with more easy than they can on the same secondary. And I'm just kind of sick of it, man. I'm just kind, I'm tired of watching this. I'm tired of sitting up here talking about these type of things. But this secondary continuously becomes the Achilles heel of the New Orleans Saints and stopping them from reaching their full potential. Look, I feel like the New Orleans Saints at this stage, when you look at Drew Brees, uh, you look at the offense uh, sputtering, uh, you know, especially to start games and they're becoming a second half team. uh, I feel like the defense is really important. I mean, you look at back in the day, 2015, you know, I always like to bring this up, the Denver Broncos. I mean, it was, it was one of those situations where you had an aging quarterback that didn't have the same abilities he once had that made him a household name and a future Hall of Famer. But then you had a defense that was straight up lights out. You had Von Miller. You had, uh, you know, you had the Marcus Ware. You had Chris Harris Jr. You had a key to lead. And you had a, a defense that was can make stops. OK, and if the offense isn't doing anything, they can go out there and win those 10 or seven games they can go out there and win those six to three games you know but the saints don't have that the saints don't have uh, a team where if drew Brees lacks or the offense slacks off the defense will be able to pick up the slack and them to win an ugly game now i will say this and i think we need to give them credit for this uh they did stop justin herbert in the second half uh i think they only scored like 10 points if i'm not mistaken in the second half so uh Justin Herbert did most of his damage in the first half so they did make those adjustments the Saints are a good second half team i want the saints defense to complete an entire game and i don't feel like it should just be us jumping around and being so excited that they actually made a three and out like that's not the that's not what a good defense does it's not a good defense does it consistently and it becomes almost like the norm all right I feel like us being excited oh they got a three and out that just shows how pathetic and sad this defense is so I don't think the Saints are going anywhere as long as this defense uh continues to play the way that they do and I know people get mad at me because they feel like I'm too critical of the team and I'm you know I just don't want to accept what's given in front of me especially when it comes in a form of a win but that's just me folks that's just the way I operate you know I don't like mediocrity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't like mediocrity in my own personal life. Look, like, I don't come on here on the State of the Saints podcast saying, I'm going to have a mediocre show today. I say I'm going to have a great show. I'm going to try to give my best. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to do something like that. Uh, I'm not trying to, uh, um, you know, swim in mediocrity. I, I can't accept that, man. I want this defense to be really, really good. And, and I'm comfortable with saying this. You know, if the Saints defense don't, don't straighten up, uh, if it doesn't improve, I think we're just setting ourselves up for more heartbreak down the line. And they might weather the storm and go to the playoffs. They even might win a division again. But it's not going to get us anywhere. We're just going to be in the same spot, being mad, ready to curse out the world uh, because the New Orleans Saints has let us have let us down yet again because the defense couldn't make a stop in a crucial part of the game so they got to get it together they got to get it together i know we don't want to hear that i know we don't want to address that especially when it comes in a form of a win because for some apparent reason by some saints fans winning just erases everything that you see through four quarters of football as long as the saints have uh i guess like more points than the other team but i'm just not wired that way maybe one day i will be but I think if I ever come to that point, I think it's time for me to cancel the State of the Saints podcast because that means that my passion is no longer there. Allen and Glenn both uh, are hot garbage. Uh, Dennis Allen is the worst defensive coordinator and needs to get fired. We got to play defense consistently every week. I mean, Ren, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I say it all the time. You know, you, you don't, sh- you shouldn't, uh congratulate your kid for putting the trash out if that's their choice right if the choice that you designated to them was to put the trash out you shouldn't have to say stand up and give them a standing ovation every time they decide to grab the glad bag and head through the garage to go put it in the trash can and pull the trash out to the curb okay no it's expected of you right on wednesday and saturday I, i guess those are still the same times that garbage men come through in new orleans but um you know, you expect that of them, right? It's their job. It's what they're supposed to do. I feel like us sitting up there clapping because the Saints got a three and out on an opening drive, I think that's pretty sad. I think that's kind of pathetic, man. Not that we're pathetic. I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. But the fact that that is how, what we're stooped to. You know what I'm saying? Like, we the, the expectation has gotten so low that we're just happy that they got a three and out. Like, it, it shouldn't be that way. Good defenses get three and outs consistently and their fan base don't have to worry about what type of defense they're going to bring on the field. Uh, you may not like the Chicago Bears and we have to play them in a couple of weeks. But one thing is for certain, you know, you're going to get a good defensive performance out of Chicago Bears. And if you don't get a good defensive performance out of Chicago Bears, you're wondering to yourself what the hell is wrong with the Bears. The same way with the Ravens, the same way with the Steelers. You don't feel that way with the Saints, okay? I mean, if the Saints have a good defensive performance, it's amplified like 20 times because we don't expect it. I want us to get to a point where we expect greatness from our defense and it is a part of the norm. And as long as we continue to have these same issues, I'm going to be screaming from the mountaintops and criticizing this defense because I'm not impressed. You know, when you start the trend and I'm starting to see defensive stops and I'm starting to see pressures, and we, I'm seeing secondary players deflecting balls and also making tackles, then I get a little bit excited. But as of right now, I just feel like we're putting we're putting cologne on a musty body right now, okay? We're putting cologne on a musty body, and we're just setting ourselves up for failure. And I refuse to do so, okay? I, I refuse to suspend my imagination uh, to benefit the secondary once they do something good or or the defense as a whole. I'm not going to do it. The Saints' third-down defense is absolutely horrible. Yep, not to mention their red zone defense. I mean, that is just absolutely pathetic. What they like 15 or 20 or something like that? I mean, that is over 50%. Like, if you have over 50% in red zone uh, defense, that is just absolutely sad right there. I mean, that is like over like almost 70% of the time. That's over 70% of the time that a defense is going to drop. I mean, offense, excuse me. Are going to drive down the field and score on your team that, that's pretty sad that, that is sad uh nobody cares about the panthers i don't want to say i don't care about the panthers all i'm saying is uh maybe if even if i said that then i maybe worded it wrong i i i'm concerned about them because they are in the south okay if this was the falcons right now i probably say i ain't concerned about them but you know the Panthers, they're doing a good job. Man, I'm not going to act as if they don't exist, but I still think the Saints are better. You are so right. I said, I I said, I said, if you can't throw down the field, and if the defense can't make stops, game over. Edwards, uh uh Latasha, uh, let me let me say this. Uh, I think you have a very good point. Uh I just think that the the ability to throw the ball downfield, it, it keeps the defense guessing. And I just feel like if you just looking at this defense, you're like, yeah, yeah, they made a stop. Just feel like you playing yourself, and it's gonna hurt even worse. You know, it's like one of those issues. Like if you have a problem with your man, a problem with your woman, and you you don't say nothing, right? You know, you you don't say nothing, you don't address it. It's gonna bottle up, and eventually, when they do something, it's really going to affect you because. You probably should have said something about it in the first place, but you didn't. You allowed it to continue to, to link on. That's the same way with this team. you know. Like They're winning right now, but if you don't address it down the line where game matters most, it's going to hurt even worse. It's going to hurt. Is it just me? but well, we need new play calling. Uh, I think that uh, Sean Payton has kind of lost his fastball. But I, I will say this, you know, another popular opinion or another opinion that a lot of people don't like me saying it has a lot to do with Drew Brees. It has a lot to do with Drew Brees and his limitations. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, Sean Payton and the offense are are handicapped right now. You know what I'm saying? I, I think because, you know, Drew Brees at this stage of his career, no fault of his own. I mean, he's a 41 year old quarterback who has 20 years of NFL experience. I mean, it happens. Right. We talk about this all the time here on the State of the Saints podcast about getting older, about not being able to do some of the things that you once did. But Sean Payton is trying to adjust uh, and and make up for what Drew Brees lacks these days. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. I think if you were to have a younger quarterback with a stronger arm, I think you will see a different type of offense. It's almost like with Andy Reid, right? All those years with Donovan McNabb you know what you were going to get, right? You know what you was going to get out there at Philly. You know you was going to get uh, Brian Westbrook, you know, a lot of things in the screen game. You know you was going to get some of those things. But then he got a young little kid named Patrick Mahomes, and now Andrew Reed looks like a completely different head coach calling plays. So I think it has a lot to do with uh who you have, okay? I think if the Saints had Jameis Winston as their quarterback, it probably would be a little bit different. You probably would see more plays down the field because at the age of 27 years old Jameis winston still got that cannon and we all know that he can scramble out of the pocket we know that uh, if a play breaks down uh you know guys can uh r- break off their routes and try to get open and Jameis can possibly get them the ball so i think it has a lot to do with drew Brees and uh you know where he's at at this stage of his career I agree with the Drew Brees situation. Okay, uh, Chemo Slice, uh, Ghostface giving you a hootet. Fall the time is undefeated, pretty much, pretty much, folks. Uh, I've been asking myself how is Sean Payton uh, still have a job as the Saints head coach. Well, I mean, he's had more victories over the past three seasons than any other uh, head coach in the National Football League. I mean, let's let's not pretend like Sean Payton is is slow out here now. Some of us may believe that he needs to relinquish his play calling duties. And some of us don't like how arrogant and cocky he is and how petty he is in some cases. But nevertheless, uh, Sean Payton is still a great great head coach. And if uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, decide to let him go, trust and believe if they let him go on Sunday, he'll have another job by Monday. So he is a really good football coach, man. I just think that we just get tired of him sometimes. And I think he knows his role. I think he knows where he stands within his organization. I think that he understands that he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's winning winningest coach in New Orleans Saints history. Uh, he's done more for this city as, as a, a coach than any other coach that ever coached for this team. And he knows that. And I think he carries himself that way sometimes. And I think that's kind of his, uh, you know, that's that's kind of my biggest issue with him because I feel like, he think, oh, we I brought legitimacy to this team. I can do whatever I want. So shut up and watch me work. Like, nah, man. Like, you're not above criticism just because you brought a Super Bowl championship to New Orleans. I think if you do something stupid or something that that uh you know that deserves some type of criticism, I don't care what you brought to New Orleans. It, it, I'm gonna say something about it. But I think that's how he carries himself. I think he looks at us like. Well, you know, what were y'all before me? And I think that that kind of rubs people the wrong way sometimes because I think that he has this, I mean, that's that's his mind frame. Like, y'all went nothing before I got here. I think he got that David Ruffin uh, syndrome sometimes. Uh, Sean Payton has regressed. Uh, I don't know if he's regressed. I, I, I think, I don't think he's regressed. I, I think Tyron has a lot to do with, like I said, the limitations of the offense at this stage of drew Brees' career uh, i think that this this offense was completely different when teddy bridgewater was in the game uh when teddy was the quarterback yeah the first couple weeks uh it was kind of uh, a sean a sean Payton, drew Brees type offense but if you notice each and every week they started to open it up each and every week they start to sit down and listen and listen to teddy and see uh the type of things that he did differently And the playbook got opened up and Teddy Bridgewater became more and more polished and more and more confident. So I just think that it would be different if uh, Drew Brees wasn't here. And I'm not saying that I'm ready for Drew Brees to go. uh, I'm kicking Drew Brees out of the door. It's just what it is, folks. Uh, Drew Brees doesn't have like certain abilities anymore that, that, you know, when he was in his prime. And I think that's something that we need to accept. And I also think that's something that we need to understand. Like, I feel like sometimes people just just hear criticism and all of a sudden they just think the worst. But, I mean, he's not the same quarterback. No disrespect, but the NFL is giving up a lot of points uh, in the beginning of the season defensively. No one looks good early. Uh, Peanut, that's a good point. I, I will say that. Nobody's defense is looking good. I mentioned that before on the State of the Saints podcast, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Eric. The Saints defense does this every year, and and that's the problem, okay? Like, if we look at the Seattle Seahawks, uh, who's giving up about 30-plus points a game, okay, we can look at it like, okay, we can chunk that up to COVID because the Seattle Seahawks, uh, for the past, like, five to 10 years, uh, have been a defensive team. Uh, You can look at a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they're giving up big points, excuse me, if they're giving up big points, then we can look at it and chunk it up to to COVID. But with the Saints, we're dealing with the same issues that we've been seeing before COVID-19, before uh, the pandemic happened, before we were uh, social distancing and stuff like that. So I'm not going to give this team the benefit of the doubt because, (laughs) they've been playing defense like this for a very long time so I can't give them the pass that I can give a Seahawks I can't give them the pass that I would give a Ravens I can't give them a pass that I would give a Steelers because those teams deserve a pass because they got enough skins on a wall defensively for me to acknowledge the fact that maybe some of the lack of off-season activities are hindering their ability to play lights-out defense. I can't do it for the Saints. I can't because I've seen it so many times. <laughs> too, many, too many times have I seen uh, Drew Brees drive the team down the field only for the secondary to give up a big play to put the team in field goal range to win a game or put the team in position to score. I've seen this too many times, okay? I, I, I Like right off the bat, I can just think about several times that the Saints have done this. And Sean Payton isn't the same coach, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's more Dennis Allen than the players in the secondary. They have shown flashes of greatness last year. They have shown technique issues. They have uh, to work on expeditiously. Uh, but a good defensive coordinator could help out a lot. Yeah, I believe that. That's a good point. I feel like he asks for too much. Uh, I was talking to my big brother EJ on the phone yesterday. And um, I was talking about how he needs to simplify the defense. I'm talking Dennis Allen. Uh, I think that all those different uh, disguises and all those different schemes that they run. Like these guys run four three, three four, 3 3-4, Tampa 2, uh, 46, 5-3. Uh, Them boys run quarters, nickels. Like you got all these different type of defensive packages, man. So it's almost like you're going to Harvard. and and, and majoring in defense or something you know what i'm saying like i think that what makes i think what makes legends uh like the late great jimmy johnson out there in philly uh like the great dick LeBeau when he was uh coaching the pittsburgh steelers all those years i think it was the fact that how simplistic the defense was i mean we knew what their calling card was right jimmy johnson was the king of the blitz and he ran a 4-3 defense Uh, With Dick LeBeau, Dick LeBeau ran a 3-4 defense, and he had those linebackers that could fly around the field. With the Saints, I just feel like they do way too much. Like a guy might thrive, uh, you know what I'm saying, in in cover two, but he struggles in man, right? So if the Saints are a man team, you know, like Janoris Jenkins, Marshawn Lattimore mostly play man, but Janoris Jenkins isn't here, and now you have a defense where you have to play man, and you have Patrick Robinson, and who lacks and man-to-man coverage. Now you got him trying to play the same type of defense. That's not going to work. So I feel like they need to simplify their defense in order for them to become better. I just think that the defense is just way too complex, and guys are guys are out of position, and they're not understanding their their the assignment because of all these different exotic plays. Like it's too damn exotic. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's just too many different defensive schemes like pick one if you're going to be a 4-3 team be a 4-3 team if you're going to be a 3-4 team be a 3-4 team right you know what i'm saying if you're going to be running a 46 then run a 46 Right? but don't have a <laughs> don't have a scheme for every single one you know like don't don't do that uh the new orleans saints average 30 points a game i don't think sean payton is the problem uh i i mean i agree you know i'm saying with the fact that i don't feel like he's a problem i like i said i just feel like uh you have to accommodate uh for you know drew Brees and the type of offense that you can run in at this stage of his career Peyton should uh, promote defensive line coach ryan nielsen to defensive coordinator and fire uh allen and glenn the defensive line has improved these years since he's been there he knows how to motivate his players dlp 2600 uh ryan Nielsen, i have a lot of respect for uh but i have to see i I would have to know like his, his uh his defensive philosophy and sometimes guys can be good uh coaches you know for one particular position i'll give you a prime example okay let's look at curtis johnson curtis johnson the first time around was the Saints wide receiver coach, right? When Meecham and and, and Henderson and and Colston was here, right? And he did such a good job, it got him a head coaching job at Tulane. And uh, I mean, he wasn't a really good coach at Tulane and they had to end up letting him go. And he ended up going back to the New Orleans Saints and now look at it, you know what I'm saying? He's a good wide receiver coach. Sometimes guys are good uh, coordinators. they're, They're better coordinators than coaches. You know what I'm saying, like and um, you know, it's one thing to coach one particular position versus coaching an entire defense. Uh, look at Mike Nolan. That's another example, right? Mike Nolan is the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. I mean, they out there getting sliced up like Swiss cheese, right? I mean, I mean, they get they get cut up like, you know what I'm saying? They getting cut up like meat at the meat market. But if you looked at Mike Nolan as the linebackers coach of the Saints, I mean, the linebackers are probably the brightest spot on the Saints team, which I'm pretty sure he's going to get fired by Dallas so he can come on right back. Man, we we love Mike Nolan, man. Come on back to the Saints. (laughs) But seriously, man, like sometimes, you know, they give you that type of responsibility. You may not be that type of coach. So I would have to know what he would bring to the table uh, for the entire defense before I make that decision. But I definitely think that the Saints uh, need to get another defensive coordinator. I think we're going to continue to have the same issues. New Orleans Saints fans are spoiled. Anyone thinks Sean Payton should be fired, you got to be bananas. I I agree with that one. I agree. I don't think he deserves to be fired at all. That's crazy. Uh, See you on the eighth. Uh, Again, talking about Tom Brady, triple bar. Um, I guess. (laughs) The Saints defense will turn it around. I've been, look, I hope Derek, but. I just think that we just been saying that too many times, man. I mean, I'm sorry, you know, you know, if if you if your man or your woman was like, I can change. I'm going to change. I'm going to change and they keep on saying over and over again. You know, you're going to be like like my girl <laughs> like my girl said, she's like, you know, I'm from Missouri. You got to show me, you know what I'm saying? Like for real, like <laughs> show me. Like I <laughs> let me know, you know what I'm saying? Let me know that you changed. All right? i'm tired of you talking about it be about it sean payton only needs a reality check not to be fired uh i I really don't know honestly i really don't know what that reality check is I, i really don't i think sometimes that sean payton gets too comfortable with the players that he has and sometimes he he doesn't coach uh for the fact that those guys could possibly not be there Uh, I think that when Michael Thomas, he looked at that like he didn't he coaches as if Michael Thomas is always going to be there. He coaches as if Alvin Kamara always going to be there. That is why I think anybody that criticizes Sean Payton as a coach. I think that you need to look at when Drew Brees went down and Teddy Bridgewater came in. To me, I feel like that was some of the best coaching Sean Payton did in a long time. Because I think sometimes like we we get so used to him and Drew Brees and the, the bar just so high that we let a lot of things go. And if things don't look right, then we like, hold on, wait a minute now. But I feel like it's one thing to see it with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Like Drew Brees is going to make Sean Payton look good. You know what I'm saying? Like they're gonna win a game. They're gonna, you know what I'm saying? Something is gonna happen because Drew Brees made it happen versus a guy like teddy bridgewater with a lot of unanswered questions, um, even the fact about his health, for him to come in and win five straight games under Sean Payton. And I honestly feel like if uh Sean Payton uh would have had to roll with Teddy Bridgewater the entire season, let's just say for example, Drew Brees went down and couldn't play for the remainder of the season, and Teddy Bridgewater would have been in and the Saints would have went 13 and 3, he would have been coach of the year. And he was he was going in that direction. So I think that was very important for us to see, that Sean Payton can win games without Drew Brees. And not to mention, he's also showing you that he can win games without Michael Thomas as well, right? So we got to keep that in mind, folks. Like, I know sometimes, like, we get frustrated at watching Sean Payton and the way that he operates, but you also got to get this guy credit because two of the best New Orleans Saints players over the last 10 to 15 years have been down for an extended amount of time and he still has found ways for the Saints to win more games than they lose. So you got to give credit what credit is due on that. Sean Payton, thank you very much for the $5. He's giving a shot at your boy Jay says, come give me that reality check in person, fool. This old man still got a little something in the tank for you. <laughs> so he's calling out your boy Jay, man. That's Sean Payton right there. Thank you very much for the $5, Sean. Uh, Jordan says yeah the secondary never look for the ball and get beat deep consistently I mean that's that's my point Jordan I mean that's that's, that is a fact and that's something that as a as a Saints fan I I get tired of watching you know I think sometimes people forget you know I'm a Saints fan at the end of the day so I just be just as frustrated as you are you know and I know people be wanting me to be professional about it but (laughs) this this happens way too much for my liking and, it, and it's starting to really get on my nerves uh tj missing all kind of comments today uh i don't think i'm missing all type of comments uh josh it's just it just the, the screen is rolling by really really fast here it's rolling by fast for me because you got people following in and commenting so and not to mention that some of the things that i'm saying i want to make sure that i'm keeping up with it you know i don't want to talk about three different other topics and you know and all of a sudden you know what i'm saying i'm back at the very first topic that i'm at you know like i'd have been forgot about what i said or some of the things that that were addressed so i try to keep it on topic man there's no disrespect to anybody anything like that but if the first thing we talked about was the top three players and then we transition to sean payton as a coach you know i want to try to keep it within you know within reason you know what i'm saying like so if it comes down and you still like uh you know comment about that particular thing and it's part of the new feast and i read it but you try to keep it as uh on brand or on topic as i possibly can Josh, <laughs> uh go face Griller says tj i missed a lot of your show but did you see michael thomas make a cameo on cam Jordan's interview uh yeah with saz uh he's ready uh, to go. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that, man. I, and I seen it too. So it was a good thing, man. You know, like I said, uh, I, I, I like Michael Thomas a lot. Uh, I think that Michael Thomas is, you know, top five best wide receiver in football. And, uh, you know, I just thought that was pretty funny. You know, they, they, they were talking about Max and Cam about him and all of a sudden he shows up, but I mean, you know, it whatever happened, it happened, man. They suspended him. It is what it is, you know, Learn from it and keep it moving. Uh, your boy, Jay, laughing. Trey Hendrickson, Ramchek, and AK are the top three players so far. Yeah, I mean, ramchek that's another person that that deserves a lot of respect. And if you don't believe it, go look at that game. We had that concussion and watch the way the the, uh, the running game left the game right along with him. That's power. You know what I'm saying? That's influence right there. 49ers game of 43 points. To the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Come on, peanut, man. Let's not pretend like the the San Francisco... I know we don't like the 49ers, but let's not pretend like these guys aren't missing two of the best pass rushers in Solomon Thomas and and Nick Bosa for the remainder of the season. And let's not act like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been dealing with a high ankle sprain and they've been going between uh, C.J. Beathard and and Nick Mullins. Like, look, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't like the 49ers and, you know, but... Come on man, they're dealing with a lot of things out there. I'm not, I'm not gonna even pretend like they are not. All right, and not to mention, you know what I'm saying, the Miami Dolphins. We all know uh I about to say Larry Fitzgerald. How <laughs> about this Ryan Fitzpatrick? Ryan Fitzpatrick, we all know he can get hot. Okay, we know he can get hot. We seen this. I mean, this whole State of the Saints podcast was built. On Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick, like anybody that criticizes Ryan Fitzpatrick or the Miami Dolphins, I mean, you you ought to thank Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick is the reason why the State of the Saints podcast exists. Because week one, when he was the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he came into the Superdome and beat the Saints, that was the reason why this show existed. Because I was so upset that Ryan Fitzpatrick brought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into the Superdome and beat them week one. So I know about Ryan Fitzpatrick. We, Fitz magic Fitz Magic is not just a, a little catchy slogan. It's an actual thing. That guy can get hot, and he hard to stop. Matt Ryan will be a 49er next year. Uh, he, that, he might. He might end up or a Dallas Cowboy, one or the other. <laughs> Cornerbacks and safety stay flat-footed and never locate the ball. They all on Aaron Glenn uh coaching. Yeah, that, that's definitely his fault. I mean, it's becoming a trend here. Blue That Nation. LOL keep pounding. Uh look, y'all had two opportunities at the Super Bowl, and y'all haven't won either one of them. So let's not talk about Blue That. If anybody blew that, how how y'all go 15 and 1 and don't win a Super Bowl? Okay, let's let's let, come on, man. Stop it we talking about blue that all right. Y'all had two opportunities, two cracks at it, two cracks at the Super Bowl, and y'all didn't win either one of them. So I wouldn't be around here throwing a turn blue that around. Uh Michael Thomas is number one. He didn't get suspended, TJ. He was fine. Uh okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Derek, I mean, I I don't ben, why did he miss the game then? You know. Then they say he missed the game because uh, he hit C.J. Garner-Johnson. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that, that wasn't right. Alvin Kamara carrying the Saints, though. Uh, yeah, he he's he doing, he doing a really good job, man. But I don't want to just say it's him, man. They got a lot of people out there doing, doing a really good job. You know, Alvin Kamara just standing out because he's doing some dynamic things. Rookie 12 showed up last week. He a stud. Yeah, Marquaz Callaway did a really good job. No doubt about that. Uh, got to run the ball more. Breeze has been uh, reduced to a game manager. I guess you can say that. But, I, I mean, I can't really call him a game manager. I won't call Drew a game manager because game managers don't win games like that. Game managers lose the way, lose games. Uh against the charges Okay. I mean, Drew Brees is more than a game manager. He he's more than that. I won't say that about him. Is his arm strength uh diminished? Yes. Is he the same quarterback he was in his 20s? No. But I, I won't say that he's a game manager because game managers they can't get into shootouts and they definitely can't bring their team back from 17 to 20 points. All right. So you're more than that if you can do that. What about keeping Glenn uh, since he gives the secondary confidence in bringing a better D coordinator that can groom him to teach better technique? Well, if you want to do something like that, Mr. Pop 3000, that's fine. But I do know some of the defensive coordinators, if you bring new guys in, he's going to want some of his guys. So if he's watching tape and he's watching the secondary that is uh, you know, coordinated and coached by Aaron Glenn, not turn their head around over and over again. What do you think he's going to do? He's going to be like, well, maybe we need to go in a different direction with that as well. So if you want to look at it as a project, you're really sticking your neck out there because you only got so much time in order for you to turn around a defense, right? So you want to make sure that you put the best pieces in place, best coaching staff in place in order to make that transition happen. Because as soon as you sign a dotted line, as soon as the ink dry, you're on the clock. So you don't have no time to be wasting trying to uh figure Aaron Glenn out and try to save his career because you got at this at that particular time, you got to be trying to save your own career. So that that's that's my personal opinion about that. Guys wanna bring in their own guys, guys that are proven, and guys that if they feel like uh I'm gonna get fired, you know, I'm gonna go down with my guy. So I don't know if that will happen or not. But I think that uh, whoever comes in, um, hopefully they bring somebody in. I like Aaron Glenn for what he brings uh, to that secondary. I think that secondary plays with a lot of confidence. But he is uh, his coaching. is hard. Fizz Magic, just like Lattimore, hot and cold. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, imagine if Dak went to the Saints-Drew-Breeze story 2.0 yeah man um I, I would think that Dak prescott would be a really special quarterback i have a lot of respect for Dak, and um it's a doggone shame what the dallas cowboys did it's rigged you know that <laughs> uh i don't know that i don't know if the super bowl rigged or not i really don't i don't know okay i mean i would hope that is rigged the way that uh, cam newton uh didn't even try to dive on the football you know what i'm saying like he just stepped away from the football and allowed the denver broncos to get it and um i will hope that is rigged the way that the atlanta falcons gave up that 25 point lead i mean i i don't i don't i mean you know I mean, it, it gotta be rigged for those type of things to happen you still gonna do a show if covid cancels the season yeah of course Josh, I mean, of course, man, like even, you know, I mean, y'all know I did shows like all off season, you know, we we made it very interesting. We had top tens and, you know, we talked about some of the worst quarterbacks. So I'm always going to have content, man. I always got, uh, you know, I always got some content. I can make it interesting, but I hope that don't happen. (laughs) Ray Ray says, if only defense can play as well as they do in the second half. Yeah. The halftime adjustments, I I will say this. The halftime adjustments the defense make are really good. Like, really, really good. But I just feel like the the game plan they come into the game with sucks. What's happening, brother? Uh, I didn't know you were live. Yeah, I I apologize about that, man. I mean, I was supposed to go live at 730. I'm going to be real with y'all, man. I fell asleep, okay? I fell asleep. Uh, My son... Uh, He came and he laid on, you know, laid on me, was laying on the couch. And I noticed he was tired. And, you know, what he does is he wants you to lay down next to him until he falls asleep. So y'all know how it is, man. If you have like a a, a young kid, you know, they try to pay attention to everything. So you can't like lay up there and be on your phone or something like that until he falls asleep because that light on the cell phone going to distract him from trying to go to sleep. And then the next thing you know, you're trying to, you know, be up and you have things to do and you're trying to put him down. So I can't use my cell phone and now you're just laying there in silence and all of a sudden you just fall asleep. So uh I end up dozing off, man. So that's the reason why I had to change the time of the show. So <laughs> uh, originally I was supposed to go at 730, but I had to push it back, man, because I fell asleep. I'm just being real. Uh The Bounty Gate. Let me see the bounty gate, LOL, on you all Super Bowl year. Okay, man. All right. Let, uh, let me, okay, let me tell people how ridiculous this is, all right? You're saying the bounty gate was on the Super Bowl year. How is it? Uh, think about this, all right? What's the role of a defensive player? What's the role of a defensive player? Let's look at a defensive end their job is to try to get close to the quarterback to sack him to stop the run you know what i'm saying like it, that, that's their job right so this, this is my question how can a bounty affect a super bowl outcome how can it do that right it's it, they still got to get to the quarterback to put him down on the ground and it's not like that, that bounty plan like knocked players out of the game to a point where it caused the Saints to win the Super Bowl. I mean, Paid Manning played the whole game, and if you if you didn't remember, uh, the Saints didn't. I don't. They didn't even sack Paid Manning not one time. They didn't sack him at all. Okay, I mean they they didn't do anything to him. And the bounty pool didn't have anything to do with the outcome of the Minnesota Vikings game because that game went back and forth the entire time, all the way into overtime. That is the craziest thing i ever heard in my entire life. How can a bounty affect the Super Bowl? How can it do that? Like, unless the, the bounty involved the referees, then you have a little bit of an argument. But them, you know what I'm saying, putting a little bit of extra cash in a player's pocket because he hits another player, like, and knocks him out of the game. I didn't see anybody getting knocked out of the game. I seen Brad Fogg, like, go out the game for a minute to come back in. But like I said, that game was like nip and tuck the entire time. But I get it, man. Look, Carolina never won a Super Bowl. You know, they get to the Super Bowl and they lose. Okay, I get it. So it's easy for y'all to try to criticize the Saints. But don't criticize the Saints because when they went to the Super Bowl, they actually won it. And y'all been twice and haven't won it not one time. But that's crazy, man. Like, if you want to come up with some type of theory, please don't use the bounty gate because that that's, that's absolutely ridiculous that's ridiculous like how I, I mean how could a bounty affect the outcome of a super bowl now if you was like the bounty was like you know what i'm saying like we we gave money to the referees to dictate the pace of the game or, or call the plays in our favor but then now we talk but putting money in the pockets of a player because you know you want them to go out there <clears throat> and try to take out try to take out somebody they still have to get to that person to take them out so i I get it man you know jealousy don't look good on you though man 704 don't look good on you my friend the saints have a bye week how do you feel about teddy bridgewater coming back with the carolina uh i like him uh i think that uh he gonna play really well but um, I just hope he lose. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I root for him every other game, but except for this one. 704, you're on the wrong page. Cam wore black and gold cleats to disrespect Saints and loss. <laughs> I'm counting this season out if Corona season, Corona winning this game in the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl. Uh, I'm not going to count this season out, man, because I feel like the NFL season is a little bit different from the college football season. Like college football collectively, I think it's hard uh, for you to uh, really play college football without all parties being involved, right? You know what I'm saying? Like the the, the NFL, everybody's involved. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, college football, I really don't know. Like if a team goes to the national championship, I really don't know if that's the best team in football. I mean, you got pack 12 starting at a certain time big 10 starting at a certain time sec starting at a certain time so it, it's different the only reason boundary gate happened is because roger goodell was pissed because he couldn't trademark who they and lost a lot of potential revenue uh for the league and himself uh that's a good theory jay rock but we know that uh the Bounty scandal, I mean, it turns out to be, it wasn't even actually that. And he had to end up apologizing. And he was supposed to end up apologizing for John DeVelma because he couldn't prove that John DeVelma had anything to do with it. And not to mention Paul Boo had to come in and bail him out. Uh, we need a bounty on the rest for real. The way to, to call the BS penalties on us is ridiculous. They're legitimately holding a grudge on the pay. I agree with that. I do agree with that. The way that they officiate some of these Saints games, you know, is it, ridiculous. Like I said, I think they, they, they officiate Saints games like a player that, that has a reputation of being a dirty player. Now, I'm not jealous we play y'all next week. Uh, Yeah, I know, but saying that is a bounty, come on, man. That's up there with the whole, uh, that's up there with that whole <clears throat> that's up there with that whole uh, oh the Saints, you know, saying like they won a the Super Bowl because of Katrina. Like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like the Saints won- went to the NFC Championship game in two thousand six. If they went to the Super Bowl that year, then you might have an argument. But four years later, I mean, they went to the NFC Championship game a year after Katrina, and it makes sense. Uh, but folks i'm about to go ahead and get up out of here man but i want to say thank you all so much for tuning in to the state of the saints podcast subscribe to the youtube channel youtube.com search the state of the saints podcast facebook.com search the state of the saints podcast and be sure to uh subscribe to the audio podcast on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, and anchor fm thank you so much for your time hope everybody has a good friday night Look forward to speaking with you all this weekend. Yes, we still will have a live show. We won't be doing pre and post games, of course, because of the Saints bye week. But we still will be doing shows this weekend. So be on the lookout for the State of the Saints podcast. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?